and welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the podcast where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. Uh, I am Aaron, one of the. And hosts. I am James, the other host. Wow! Sorry, I, I'm just excited James. to get right into it. Yeah, you really just you dogpiled on my intro there. I I dogpiled on you. Yeah, uh, I'm just excited to talk about something possibly in terms of everything we've watched or played. This might be my earliest exposure in terms of like how young I was when uh, I yeah, first saw I, it. Would you, I, would you, are you the same? I would agree to the point where, uh, when we jump ahead to our first impressions, like I don't really remember the first time I watched this. I was, yeah, probably very, very young. Yeah. Um, and that is to say we are uh, doing a Christmas special because it is, yeah. it is the holiday season. Yeah, the Grinch and we're both Christians, so well, so Christmas special. Well, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> but um, oh, true. I was well, raised Christian. You were raised Christian. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Uh, we both celebrate Christmas. I think that's we both celebrate Christmas. Um, I celebrate it in the secular. Let's enjoy our family's way. You celebrate it in the very pious. This is the day that the savior of all of humankind was <laughs> ushered into the world. Way that's one way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're doing uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 1966 animated TV special. The only adaptation of the famous uh, Grinch book by uh, one <laughs> Dr. Seuss. The one and the only one. The one and only. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, we are not going to be able to avoid talking about the others are we no well then again i haven't seen this new one the the benedict cumberbatch grinch i yeah i saw it in bits and pieces because we watched it uh at work uh you know when the kids were stuck inside for recess over a couple days it's better than the jim carrey version but it's not worth your time um i wasn't planning on watching it no um, I think we can uh, we can definitively state on this podcast. I think we can agree that between the two of us, uh, this this the '66 animated version is the superior Grinch film. It's not even close. Yeah, it's not even. Close. It's it's excellent. It 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 is a one of those things that you can watch when you're a kid that stays with you, much like I don't know Disney classics that I grew up with. For as long as I can remember, that I I still enjoy now as uh, as much as I did then. Um, probably something will that will never lose its charm ever well and i think what this the grinch how the grinch Stole's christmas special does that i think like the best uh disney films do is you can watch it as a kid and you can find a ton of things to appreciate about it as a kid mm-hmm. and then you watch it as an adult and you still find an equal amount of things to appreciate uh but they're all different because you're seeing it through an adult lens and so you're noticing different things mm-hmm. that you are uh, that's that still give you that rich appreciation. It still makes it worth watching. Absolutely. Um, and that's an interesting segue into one of the things that I think makes this so special um, is that this was directed and co-produced by the one and only Chuck Jones. And, you know, regardless of whether or not you grew up with Chuck Jones, Looney Tunes, um, I think that he brings this incredible like charm to this material granted like the, the source material like dr seuss material in general is very charming and ha- the, you know the art style and the language uh, is all very um exciting um and odd in a way that i you know i was obsessed with as a kid 
Um, but Chuck Jones, that kind of animation, bringing his his skills to this. I mean, I, I grew up with Looney Tunes and like my dad showing me just about every Chuck Jones Looney Tunes under the sun and more. And I just this was all this was right up my alley. This is this is everything I, I wanted then. And it's it, it will never lose its charm. Well, and on top of that, I think um, the the animation, as you said, is top notch. But what's really amazing is because if you go back and look at the actual like book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, um, I, you kind of forget that it doesn't really look like this. It doesn't look like yeah. the animated special. But what I think is so special about what Chuck Jones does is every bit of like the spirits, um, the like every characteristic to know exactly what you're looking at from Dr. Seuss's work is still there. You know, when you're looking at the Grinch, you know, when you're looking at the who's, um, but he does it in his own style and in motion instead of static image um, that it just, it blends the best and of everything he can do uh, with his animation style and with the Looney Tunes, but also the best of Seuss's original work, uh, which I think is like, I, I don't think it's talked about frequently. Um, I think it's talked about frequently that this special uh, when compared to the actual cartoon, like the book, um, it does look different, um, yeah. but I don't think it's like talked about why. And I think the why is, um, if you were to try and animate those static images, I don't, it would not look as good as what Chuck Jones uh, gets done with, I think he simplified a lot of the designs and I think almost across the board for the best. Completely agree. And I would say that this is something I would not be the least bit surprised if people, even people who read Dr. Seuss when they were kids might not have even have read this at all in their lives, or maybe didn't read it until after they saw this cartoon. But like when they think about, like when I think about how the Grinch stole Christmas, I think about this cartoon. I don't think of the book. I yeah, I don't either. You know, I think this, of this. this is it. Yeah. This has replaced that in my mind, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it, you know, we touched on something that I was going to mention in in what works about it, and I have plenty of other things to say about that. So I can I, I'll you know add on to what you said now, and that you're absolutely right. Chuck Jones takes what Dr. Seuss does so well, and basically has that same vision and expands it and animates it in a way that feels extremely like Dr. Seuss, but also very much like Chuck Jones as well, but just a, a delightful like expansion of, I was going to call it like Seuss lore or like, well, you know what I mean? But I, I do know what you mean. Like, I think they picked the perfect person to adapt his work because I think it was someone who truly appreciated uh, everything that was great about his original work and then like elevated it to that next level. Like these images, this story, this artwork, it's all incredible, but now let's adapt it. Let's simplify it. And now let's make it move. Let's animate it. Yeah. Um, and like, I think it's rare to find like a marriage between, you know, the original work and the artist and then an adapter, like it just goes so well together. And I think that's honestly one of the reasons why the other two Grinch versions to me, like they'll just always fall flat because I feel like, Listen, Ron Howard is a phenomenal director, but I wouldn't immediately think like Ron Howard, Dr. Seuss, like as collaborative pairs. Yeah. Same thing with Benedict Cumberbatch or Illumination. Uh, you know, they're a great animation studio, but I wouldn't think like Illumination, Dr. Seuss, hand in hand. Yeah, that wouldn't cross my mind. Without going too much into it, Ron Howard falls in that kind of category that I place Rob Reiner in where I like a couple things that he's done quite a bit but I am not convinced that they are at all even close to a top tier director or even maybe even mid tier. 
Those we'll are save that wars. conversation. That's, yeah, that's going to be a fight for another day. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big Ron Howard defender, but I, I, that's an interesting thesis statement. Yeah, we'll talk but about it some let's, other time. Uh, let's, let's stick with the Grinch. We kind of already uh, addressed that. We don't probably really remember the first time we saw it. No, um, but we weren't alive we... when it originally telecasted, though, in 1966. Well, no, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't remember uh, my first impressions. Or well, I I remember my impressions from that era generally. I I know because I, I and that's one of the things that watching it kind of like reignites is like I I still have like the remnants of that kind of like child like reaction to this and that everything visually was so fascinating there were so many and, and i texted you this and I'll, I'll i'll bring it now bring it up now that when i was little and i again i don't know what like my first reactions for the first time ever seeing it but i know i watched it all the time i watched it every year at a minimum um as i know many people did but you know there's so many neat gadgets and toys and visuals in this and i was obsessed with that kind of art style even as a kid but like there's so many and I even wrote down a list that I can go into later. I wrote down a list of all of like, the toys that the kids are playing with that I wanted when I was younger. And I remember even making like miniature versions of them out of my Legos. And sounds healthy. Yeah, you know what? It is. It's an outlet for my creativity. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Or I'm completely insane. Um, um, well, it's funny you say that because uh, watching it this time, I was telling Edgar, I was like, I just, I don't know what it is, but every time I see the Grinch, like I always want to eat the food. Yes. The food looks so good to me. I, I got a note. The roast beast looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Even those like chocolates that he like breaks off and drops Everything. into the bag. Every single thing. Yeah. Even those cans of whatever in the fridge. I don't, the I don't remember hash. what those, the, oh, the who hash. I got some things to say about the who hash. Okay. Uh, no, I have one thing to say about it. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, so like, I, you know, my reactions from the era of like being a kid and like or if I'm watching that, I mean, they're extremely positive and nothing's changed. And like you said, like you come into it, it as an adult with a different similar, but also somewhat new, um, you know, impression. Uh, it's just it was fantastic then. It's fantastic to this day. Yeah, the only thing I'll add, because um, I agree with everything you're saying, um, and I certainly, like I said, can't remember the first time I saw it. Um, but I will say, I think it's significant that I specifically don't remember being afraid of the Grinch. Um, mm -hmm. And I will confess now, I was a real scary cat as a kid. Um, I sobbed uncontrollably and made my parents turn off the movie The Last Unicorn um, because the witch frightened me. Um, mm. Yeah, I was, I was a real, I was a real little bitch. Oh, I, no, no, no judgment whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually wondering if I was ever afraid of the Grinch. I should ask my, my parents. Um, no, actually, uh, significantly, the very first movie with any like, quote unquote, scary content that I saw and didn't have nightmares and was like super jazz that it didn't freak me out uh, was Jurassic Park. Um, actually, interesting. Uh, I know that gave me nightmares. Yeah, it did not. Um, I just thought it was cool. But uh, the fact that I have no memories of being afraid of the Grinch or having nightmares of the Grinch um, kind of speaks to the heartwarming nature. Oh, you, I think you of the weren't special. afraid of the Grinch. I was not. Oh, I, I thought no you were saying memories. you were. No, I have no memories of being afraid of the Grinch. And I think that's strange because I was so scared of so many things. Got it. I think it speaks to like the power of the story um, that even like a really little kid, like 
you you know the Grinch is going to turn out good in the end and you know like the Who's are so good and they show the Who's being so like cute and friendly and warm like even as a little kid you know like okay this Grinch character he's like kind of scary and they do some really like that scene where he smiles and it just like it's a shot of him smiling and every muscle on his face contorts and like twists around like as a kid you're like as an adult you're like jesus like that's a lot yeah um so as a little kid i'm just i'm very surprised that it it didn't kind of freak me out so yeah um so so i have a question for you and this is related somewhat to other parts of the development of this and by development i'm just mean like this is we should note that this was narrated and uh, the voice of the Grinch is Boris Karloff. And yes. he also narrated this. Now, yes. obviously, as a kid, I had zero appreciation for this. And as an adult, I have slightly more. But I, I the impact, like, like the way my dad would put it, I think, is that this was kind of like crazy that Boris Karloff was narrating this. Like, it was so cool because he's Frankenstein. He's the mummy. You know, that's that's neat when I think about it. Uh, I think it loses any other further impact on me. And I was trying to think of like what celebrity of our generation or even the generation before us, like who, if someone were to do this again, who would be like the actor where you'd be like, holy shit, they're doing like the narration and the voice of this character of this like children's cartoon. Who would it be? Well, that's the thing. I don't think it would be that crazy nowadays because nowadays I think like actors don't really have gravitas. <laughs> like I think in 1966, Hollywood actors still had some gravitas. Now it's like, I can follow any, any of them on Instagram and like, you know, see when they accidentally poop their pants. <laughs> I don't think that happens. A lot that's a, that's a, actors, but that's a great point. I really, now the only kind of shock that would come from someone is if they were like someone who is very controversial like if kevin spacey was voicing the grinch see now actually that i think is the angle we should answer this question at because i think that would shock people in a similar way to boris karlov in 66 like i think you could have that shock value but the shock value wouldn't come from like oh this famous actor i'd be like oh this like really intense and or disgraced actor now if mel gibson voiced the grinch that would that would stir some pots right yeah right I, I would say so. Mel, Mel Gibson is the Grinch. I'm going to say Mel Gibson as the Grinch. Okay. Yeah. That might, that might be. Yeah. Okay. Or like Trump is the Grinch or something. That would be, that would be too much. It, it would be. I'm just trying to think of comp- yeah. complete shock value. <laughs> also, um, also, I don't think he would do it. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I was just supposed to say in a perfect world, but like, no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> it's not what I want at all. In a perfect uh, world, we would finally get Trump's take on the Grinch. Finally. Yeah. Um, what else do we have to say before we start talking about what works? Um, work? Yeah, well, well, can we like, let's just... Um, can we at least hash out the plot a little bit just to, yeah, the just Grinch, to go down, just to go down memory lane. Yeah. The Grinch, uh, he hates noise and singing. And sometimes really you can't blame the guy. Um, well, uh, also fun trivia fact. Um, <laughs> all of the, all of the things that the Grinch hates about Christmas were also things Dr. Seuss hated about Christmas. I did not um, know that. Yeah. Dr. Seuss in an interview said the Grinch is basically him, um, which makes sense. Right. Um, you know, like, uh, and I believe at the time he wrote it, he was a father of several young kids. So like, yeah, I, it would make sense that I would hate Christmas too, because it's all about loud noises and banging and 
it's uh, for many people, it's about the things and the food and it's, it's less about, you know, the people and sharing memories and things like that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, all of the Grinch's criticism of Christmas are Dr. Seuss's. And I would say that most of the Grinch's criticisms of Christmas accurate, pretty, pretty accurate. I'd say, um, I I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of happiness. So I think he's being a little bit of a curmudgeon there, I like, but you know, yeah, I like excessive I like, noise. I mean, you know, I like peace and quiet sometimes. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, also like Grinch, you know, I don't know what it is about Mount Crumpet, but like, it seems like you're free to move wherever you want. Yeah. Um, um so yeah, he, he lives on Mount Crumpet with, uh, his, uh, dog Max and he is fed up with Christmas joy in the town of Whoville below. And so he decides to, to steal Christmas. Um, yeah. Also, if you were entirely unfamiliar with the Grinch, um, which I would have thought would be a crazy statement to say, but no, do we even I, need to say it. We do. He is. I, you know, we do because Edgar had never seen the Grinch. Okay. Um, I, right. think the, I think, I think we're getting into a very like, um, Grinch bubble. We're in a we're in a big cisgendered male you're right. like white Grinch bubble. I you're think. you're right. You're absolutely yeah, right. I think let's we are. let's let's talk about him. Yeah. So the Grinch is um like a, a human size, I guess, because it's never well no though because they live the Who's are very no. small. Yeah. So uh, he and in some versions they might may or may not live on a snowflake. I don't know. Humanoid. Yeah, the the, the green well, we should creature. we should discuss who the who's are too cuz I had to explain the who's to Edgar. The who's are like Dr. Seuss humans, but they're like weird and they have like funny faces and noses and they look a little bit like like Christmas elves, I guess is the kind closest of. thing. Yeah. But like Christmas elves crossed with like cute stuffed animals maybe. i mean you're kind of describing a lot of susian characters yeah which is but not the a who's, well but the who's pop up in multiple suit like we're talking seuss lore the who's pop up in multiple things well i'm not prepared to get deep into seuss lore i, I, well, I didn't do my rereading yeah. uh to prepare for that because horton hears a, a what james horton uh, hears a mm, he hears a who he hears a who um, so the Who's are these humanoid creatures. They love singing and togetherness and family. They live in this town called Whoville that is entirely separated from the outside world, seemingly. Um, and, or this is all there is. Or this is all there is. Although we'll get to that in a bit. Oh, we'll that, get to it. all there is. Um, they live in this lush forest landscape surrounded by mountains and snow. And they have this beautiful Susian town. Um, the Grinch, they love Christmas. Uh, the Grinch lives on Mount Crumpet, which is the uh, tall mountain outside of town. He is a who-sized green furry creature. It is not specified what he is. Taller than the Who's. He is taller than the Who's. Edgar asked if he was a Who. I'm like, oh boy. It depends. Who knows? On, it depends and, on what version you're watching. But also, who cares? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that. the bigger thing. And again, that's why I think the other versions are inferior. Because like, who the, who cares what the Grinch is? He's the Grinch. He doesn't like Christmas. He's Doctor Seuss. That's right? all you need to know. All you need to know. So he gets this idea to steal Christmas. Um, and you know, any rational person would say you can't steal an entire holiday. But this is uh, both Doctor Seuss and a cartoon, so it's definitely possible. Um, but he needs some things first to disguise himself as Santa Claus. What, so what does he need? What is, how does he do it? He decides to take all of basically every single Christmas related thing away from the town to steal all of it. And he does it in the most creative but horribly inefficient ways possible. It's extremely efficient. <laughs> it really is. Um, I, I have some notes on that, uh, but 
we'll, we'll I'll save that for works and doesn't work. Just it's not. I'm not saying that inefficiency is what doesn't work. I don't care. Uh, but it's 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 really interesting. Uh, I love it. It's funny to look at it through that lens. Yeah, if you're looking for plot holes in the Grinch, uh, you're you're gonna find them. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's what he kind of does, and if, you know, through that process, he wakes young Cindy Lou Who. Cindy um, who is kind of like the representative who is as like you know representing you know youth and also also a fictional character that has quite frankly been dragged through the fan fiction mud in terms of being sexualized and sexually tortured and just everyone I, leave Cindy Lou Who alone. I please. I agree. I didn't know if you were going to bring that up. And she's if, a, you, and she's if a child. you weren't, I was almost not going to just to, to not tarnish this beautiful story and this also hopefully beautiful episode with that kind of smut. Yeah, it's I mean, horrible. There's, it's, it's not. We're not saying there's no place for smut on this podcast, but leave it out of the Grinch. Yeah, or just leave it at Grinch Mpreg stories. Like, leave Cindy Lou out of it. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, so making off with this stolen, you know, bounty, the Grinch makes it all the way to the top of either Mount Crumpet or another mountain. I don't even know. It's Mount Crumpet. Okay, why not? Um, And sure, he's about to dramatically throw all the presents into the abyss when what happens? He hears the Who's come out Christmas morning. And sing as if nothing happened. They don't care that they lost all of their gifts because Christmas is about more than just gifts, Aaron. Oh, but what could it be truly about? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, And so this kind of just awakens something in the Grinch and his heart grows and he decides to give everything back. Now, his heart grows three times its original size, which literally is congestive heart failure. That's what happens in congestive (laughs) heart failure. Your heart swells way beyond its size. But apparently for the Grinch, this is a good thing. So do you think that maybe that he actually dies and that everything we see after that is what kind of he's kind of envisioning as his final moments, like a kind of like a happy last happy thought? Before. So, are you suggesting like a Vanilla Sky Grinch crossover? Saint Maud, uh, <laughs> a uh, a Jacob's Ladder Grinch scenario? I uh, am. Uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's possible. Um, yeah, I mean, everything gets wrapped up pretty nicely, though, doesn't it? It's like uh, it's like the end of Minority Report. You know, is he still? Uh, you know, did he actually wake up? Because everything gets wrapped up pretty nicely for him, or yeah. is this all his just his dream? I don't know. Yeah. Um, either way, the Grinch now suffering congestive heart failure. He should probably stay away from sodium. Uh, he has learned the meaning of Christmas, returns to town, a hero for some reason, even though he stole everything. I don't know why they like make him the guest of honor. I'd be like, okay, well, you stole everything from us. Yeah, you got some working. You have to work your way up into our yeah, favor. You You're not just going to become, let him carve like, the roast no. beast. I mean, come on. That's got to be the top honor they have to offer. That would be like someone coming up to you. That would be like someone like burning your house down and then coming up to you and being like, uh, you know what? I guess I'm sorry. And you being like, you know what? That's the greatest forgive. That's the greatest. <laughs> yeah, that's the greatest <laughs> yeah. apology I've ever received. Thank be you. The guest, be the guest of honor. Someone like, comes up to your house and kicks your dog in the throat yeah. and you're just like, hey, and they're like, I'm sorry. And you're just like, hey, you want to feed my family? 
So is is the Grinch essentially like the Sour Patch Kid commercials? Yeah. <laughs> first, they're, first they're sour, then they're sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's it. Like that's yeah, that's the all there is to it. Yeah. So uh, let's get what doesn't work out of the way first. Do you want to do that? Because I, I really have nothing but glowing things to say. Yeah. Here's some. Here's uh, here's some. Uh, some of which are not fully serious. Number one. Kind of a weird uh, recording on Boris Karloff. It's a little quiet. I've always thought that. I agree. It's it's weird. Sound, I, it's, it's like, like the, they it's, it's like the sound mixing is like too quiet. It's like this was so early in '66. I don't even know like what equipment they had. Like they just needed better balancing. Like if they could have brought up his voice a little more. Yeah. Um, and the other thing uh, is that so during the beginning when the Grinch is like listing a bunch of toys that they have he mentions the electro who cardio schlucks is this big purple machine that a bunch of who's are paddling um literally physically paddling with their feet it isn't remotely electric powered aaron you know a big oversight i mean not electric power that we can see no i i think you're just making excuses now i think i am um Um, uh, the last thing is just, you know, I don't know if this got an R rating, uh, but taking the who hash, that's come on. Well, OK, Offensive. is it? Well, it's in the fridge. So is it like hash like hashish or is it hash like corned beef hash? All I know or is, is it that it's one weird, of the most is it brutal weird, things I've ever seen on television. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Oh, hey, this is our first TV show we've done. Oh, you know what? You're right. This is technically a TV special. It is actually not a movie. Uh, it is not a film. Uh, it is not a video game. It is actually a TV special. I just realized that. Well, congrats to us. We're congrats un- to you. I'd un- shake your hand territory. if I could. Um, no, but Omicron will All eat bets us are off. if we touch. True. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's really all I had under what doesn't work. Obviously, I only really had one thing, one real serious thing, and that's yeah, the, the yeah. sound on Boris Karloff. But come on, most I, minor of minor nitpicks. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's it's a minor nitpick. My uh, my what doesn't work is also not necessarily uh, real. Well, it is real, but um, it 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 gets into Seuss lore, and we you know we don't need to take that super seriously. But um, what doesn't work for me is. Uh, let's, let's think about this whole scenario for a moment, right? Are we getting into, we're getting into, we're it. really getting into, we're getting it. into I'm, it. I can't, yeah. I'm, I've we're been really waiting for this it. moment for, since you've texted me two years ago <laughs> out of the blue, <laughs> there was no, we, we, there was no segue into this conversation. No, not at all. So I was, and I, I was thinking about it today and you'll have to, uh, re- remind me of any finer points that maybe I'll miss. Absolutely. But, uh, so essentially here's what we have. So. We have the Christmas holiday, which, you know, we, we already listen between the two of us. We are the stark divide in the war on Christmas. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Like there's me, the dirty secularist who only likes Christmas in a non-religious way um, for, you know, for family and holiday times. Then there's you, the pious Christian who only views Christmas as the worship of our Lord and savior, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Right. Um, So here's the thing, which, which version is the who's. Now, I know a lot a lot of you out there in Radioland, podcast land, are thinking, well, silly, the Who's seem to be uh, celebrating secular Christmas. And I would agree with you because there is no church in Whoville. But here's the thing. That we see, did, yeah. That we see. But where did secular Christmas come from? 
Um, secular Christmas came from real Christmas, which implies that whether they're celebrating it secularly or not, there is a real Christmas out there in the Who's universe uh, that so- does celebrate the birth of Christ. Now, here's the thing. Why are the Who's so alone and isolated? Why are they all by themselves? Maybe it's because they live on a snowflake, but that doesn't really make sense because where would they get the infrastructure for like a town? Mm-hmm. There's probably a civilization outside of Mount Crumpet in the Whoville, um, but we don't see it. Uh, and they seem to be quite cloistered. Um, why perhaps could that be? Um, I don't know, but my bold statement is perhaps uh, the Who's are a victim of some kind of persecution for their holiday and or religious beliefs. Maybe the Who's are Christian, we don't know it. Um, and that would lead credence to my theory that there is no church. They have to keep this underground. Maybe another who is wandering the mountains and finds their who village. Um, they don't want anyone to know that they're Christians because maybe the who's in the rest of the world are not and they are persecuted for it. I don't know. <laughs> um, either way, also, uh, the, so, right. So the Grinch dresses up as Santa, okay? And he comes to see all the gifts, okay? Cindy Lou Who mistakes him for Santa, right? Yes. Um, here's the thing. If Santa is real, right? We have to assume that Santa is a magical being because he is able to simultaneously visit the homes of everyone who is celebrating Christmas and deliver gifts there, right? That's the mythology of Santa. Okay? Exactly. So could we could we uh, accept the fact that Santa has certain metaphysical powers, like no matter what incarnation of Santa we're dealing with, he must, right? He must be in some way magical or metaphysical in order to fulfill the requirements of being Santa, okay? Right. Now, if Santa exists in the, the world of the Grinch. So Saint Nick is a thing because he says Saint Nick. He says he'll look just like Saint Nick. He does, yes. And he dresses like Santa Claus. Right. So Santa Claus is a known quality. Also, saints are a known quality, right? So again, there's this right. religious undertone. What's going on with the Who's and their religion? Um, but uh, so either Santa Claus exists in this world or he doesn't. And what I mean by that is the metaphysical Santa Claus that delivers gifts and is able to stop time and do all those things, okay? Right. So... The Grinch goes, he steals Christmas, he steals everything. Now, if there was a real Santa who can stop time and do all these things, wouldn't it make sense that the real Santa would come back and put everything back? And Right, you know, or the or, Grinch would have run into or, him. Yeah, or the Grinch would have run into him. Does either thing happen? No. No, and, and, and I remember you being very convinced, and this was maybe the one thing that I maybe disagree with you about is that you think kids are smart enough to conclude from all of that, to notice all those things and conclude from it. that Santa does not exist. Yes. I, I think, and I think close, you're giving kids too much credit. I think close watchers of the Grinch. If you're a kid, it's like, it lays the groundwork. There is no Santa, right? Like the Grinch pretended to be Santa, but the only one he fooled was Cindy Lou who, who was the only one who saw him who was a kid who was in Santa anyway, mm-hmm. but there is no Santa in this world. There's no Santa. Right. Also, there may have been some kind of like religious purge so, that the Who's had to flee. When you, again, I should or, know. Or opposite, or they were the secular ones and they had to flee a persecution by a religious minor or a religious majority. So you, you have a little bit more, you had a little bit more thoughts on this when you texted me out of the blue uh, two years ago. Please share Do, them all. I, I'm good. I'm, I, I, I didn't go back to look at them because I wanted to think about it fresh. I, and I'm glad because I was planning on reading it anyway, as long as you gave me permission. So have that. Uh, December 19th, 2019. Uh, no prompt. You send me a text that says I've made several important discoveries about the Grinch, and I think you need to hear them. Yep. Um, 
this is how you phrased. I mean, you, the Santa one, you that you pretty much hit it all. The religious one. Okay, so you said this. If Christmas exists for the Who's, apparently they either believe in our conception of Christ or have their own Christ. The Who's believed Christ died for their sins. Going along with that, literally everyone in this isolated community celebrates Christmas. Hard stop. So they are seemingly all exclusively Christian. Going along with that, who killed who Christ? This is where I think you might have started to lose your mind a little bit. Right. Like there has to. Like, yes. who are, and I now that I think about it, like I also agree with what I said today. Like these who's actually seem fairly secular. So maybe these are just secular who's that don't believe in Christ and just want to celebrate Christmas in a secular way. And perhaps there is an overbearing, overarchingly Christian who world that they are escaping from. Right. These are these may be like the pilgrims of of the who's. But instead of fleeing to express their religion, they're fleeing to not express religion. Exactly. I don't know. But that's what doesn't work. The who lore is very muddled and confused. Um, Dr. Seuss is dead. So I'm imagining we're not going to get like, um, you know, a George R.R. Martin-esque grand, uh, you know, timeline of the the world of the who's. Um, But uh, everything else I would say in this is pretty top notch. Nothing but great things to say. Uh, we haven't mentioned the fact that this is all told in a rhyming verse. Uh, fun trivia fact, every Dr. Seuss book is written in iambic pentameter, uh, which mm-hmm. is the, the rhythm that Shakespeare wrote in. Um, and we, we uh, you know, obviously have to mention you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, uh, the famous song. Of course. This. And, uh, you know, another one, Fafu Fores Dahu Doras. Ah, <laughs> yes. No, really. I mean, like when you when I hear that, yeah, the words make no sense, but um oh yeah it just makes me feel really uh upbeat and excited and uh it's a very warm song yeah even though it's mostly nonsense yep um we have to praise cindy lou who the design the voice actress they got an actual child to do it which is phenomenal yep um her scene is very short but it's very affecting she's very sweet um what else what else is great about this um, besides everything pretty much well so let me, this is when i'm gonna go into like my like the gifts that i wanted um there's this like little bouncy red you know, so so one of the things that works well about this before i say that is like the impossible geometry and physics of kind of the the dr seuss world brought to even more life by animation you know like fitting tons of stuff in a small bag um you know, the, 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 this, like the, some of the toys, like there's this like red spring, like lightning bolt looking spring thingy that one who is just jumping on doesn't seem to be strapped into it at all. It's just, would never exist in real life. You know, there's that instrument that looks like, like a walking tuba with a string attached to it to crash a cymbal. There's like a high chair that this like baby who is driving that has like a drum attached to it. I mean, all those things I'm like, I see those as a kid. I'm like, I, I wanted all those things and none more. Well, other than the roast beast, none more than um, Zuzita Kaze, the roller skate type of lacrosse and croquet. Um, that game looked fun as hell. Uh, and I remember trying to figure out uh, how it would exist, much like I did, you know, Calvin Ball and uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Um, you know, I had, a, I had I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, were you the kind of kid that would have joined a Quidditch league if it existed when you were eight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, almost certainly. Um, 
you know, again, like the, the Chuck Jones touch and comedic timing, like the kind of cuts that he has. I mean, it's so if you've seen enough Looney Tunes, you could notice his like Mark all over the place. I mean, one of the classic examples is like Max going underneath the sleigh because the sleigh is going too fast. And the Grinch looks underneath and he sees the rope kind of going back up onto the sleigh, he turns around. Uh, Max is right there, wa- like with that, like, you know, waving like that's classic Chuck Jones. Yeah. Um, you know, I and maybe the thing I love, like the thing that's lingered over from being a kid. And now the thing I love the most is that like the Rube Goldberg way, which with which like the Grinch packs up everything, you know, using a cane as a pool cue to knock ornaments into each other upwards, you know, well, um, and he's off, like, then he's... fall off the tree into a mouse hole, then into a drain pipe. Then that rolls into a bag. Like, oh, and he's like slithering around like a snake. And yeah. like, I think that's also one of the reasons why I wasn't scared of him as a kid. Like you can tell when you're watching this, the Grinch is having a ton of fun doing this and it's hard not to feel that too. Yeah. I mean, we, as we said, he wastes so much time. He winds up toys to have them walk into a bag. He takes the film out of a camera instead of just taking the camera. Yeah. he takes the ice out of the ice box. Like has, one ice cube at a has, time. He sets up an entire train track and train so it can drive into a bag. Into I mean, sack. it's a miracle yes. he didn't get yes. caught. Yes. Um, here's, here's the last thing I want to say. Uh, th- that's really everything I wanted to say about what works and what doesn't work. Did the Grinch kill a reindeer? And let me, let me say, that, you know, here's my support. When the narrator says that reindeer are scarce, the Grinch looks towards the wall at the horns that are mounted in the way you would mount like a prized hunting, you know, kill. Right. He doesn't have a head or anything like that, but there are horns. So did the Grinch kill a reindeer? So uh, I have the answer to this. Um, and the answer is no. How do um, you have the answer to it? Because I actually know people that are very avid hunters. And I, I think I understand the difference between mounting just antlers and mounting the full head with antlers. Um, and deer antlers actually fall off naturally. And there are people that collect them and will oh. pay really. There are people that will pay very good money for them. So if you just traipse around the woods where deer live um, certain times of the year, you may find sets of antlers, like complete sets of antlers that have fallen off. Um, and people will buy those and will mount those and will pay great deals of money to buy and mount them. Um, okay. Typically, if you shoot and kill a deer and you mount it, you're going to mount the entire head unless you've shot the deer in the head and fucked up the way the head looks, which if you did, you probably wouldn't mount any part of it. Also, you're a terrible hunter. Um, so typically if people mount, uh, antlers, they're just antlers. They found, if you're going to mount the entire head with the antlers, you've pro- you've obviously killed that deer. Okay. Well, good. I don't want my Grinch so, no. to be, a, I, I'm I, okay with him hating Christmas. But I don't honestly, want him to be a killer. There's no it, redemption from that. It kind of fits the character of the Grinch though, because what does he do at this time? He probably is wandering around the forest by himself for extended periods of time. And probably did find, and if deer are scarce, he probably only ever found the one set of antlers. Yeah. So that's a very boring answer to this whimsical question you asked. No, uh, actually, I think it's, I mean, you had to kind of ruin it with realism, but, uh, you know, that's okay. It's better knowing that he's not a killer. This is also the person who wondered who persecuted and put to death the who Jesus. So Maybe I might be a little concrete-minded about something sometimes. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, 
Do, do you have anything else about what works and doesn't work? No, just um, like everything works. If you haven't seen the animated Grinch, like what are you doing? Like what stop everything doing? and go watch it. It's a classic. I was telling Edgar too, because uh, he had never seen it. Did he enjoy it? He he loved it. Yeah. Good. Um, and normally I had um, a feeling he would. Yeah, and uh, I think. Oh, can of, you share for the listeners what he called it? Uh, he called it some white nonsense. Um, and we should clarify, Edgar, which is accurate. Which is accurate. Edgar uh, was born in Guatemala. Spent a lot of his life in Guatemala. Uh, he's a citizen now, um, but he was not always. Um, so a lot of like you know typical American holiday traditions, he just not a part right. of. Um, that just wasn't part of his childhood. Um, so when I was asking him about like the Grinch or a Christmas Story or all these pretty, I I thought ubiquitous holiday movies. He was like, nope, 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 never heard of it. Um, so we watched the Grinch. Uh, he liked it because even though, you know, it was more for kids, he's like, this is, this is, this is kind of fucked up. And I'm like, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I think he appreciated that it was a little snarky that it was not just, I think he was expecting something that was very saccharine, um, and very cutesy and very overly sweet. Um, the Grinch is definitely sweet, uh, and definitely it's like subtle. It has a heart, you know, but it, it but it is subtle. It's not overly more sweet. subtle. Compared it doesn't to hit you over the Christmas. head with it. It's not like yeah. nauseatingly sweet. Um, he really did like it. And what we were talking about um, is that this came out in 66. You know, we still watch it today. Edgar saw it for the first time this year, 2021. And I asked him, I was like, does this feel dated to you? And he's like, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about Great it. And point. it's like, this is like uh, the poem was the night before Christmas. Like, Twas the Night Before Christmas is like easily over 100 years old now. I, I imagine people will be reciting it for the next 100 years. Yeah. Um, and I think the Grinch is has very thankfully fallen into that category. I think this is a film and a story that is just part of Christmas tradition. I think you could watch the Grinch in 200 years from now, and I think it will be just as relevant and it will make just as yeah. much sense as it does I would, today. I think that Twas the Night Before Christmas is probably going to be relevant forever unless mice go extinct or something. <laughs> yes. And, you know, even then it's like, ooh, a story with a mouse in it. How how old fashioned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are just certain things with certain holidays that just they just stick. Um, they just have a timelessness to them. And I think overall, one of the greatest uh, reasons to recommend this version of The Grinch over all others is that it is truly timeless. The other yeah. versions of The Grinch they are very much in their own time and place um, in a way that this is not. Yeah. And speaking of timeless, let's talk about something that's not timeless. Uh, the Grinch is a video game already. It is a PlayStation platform stealth game yeah. that is based on the Ron Howard adaptation of yeah. the Grinch. Yeah. Um, I have only watched people play this. I have a couple friends who are really actually into this game. Uh, I think it's this game. It might be a different, I can't remember if it's this game or another weird Christmas themed game. I think it's this one. Um, either way, it's not very good. Um, and so I, to put a little bit more of a creative spin on it, I say, how about we make this a true stealth action puzzle game in 3d where you need to sneak around house to house, solve puzzles all while kind of avoiding cindy other who's and if you get caught you know maybe the town executes you or something like that love i don't it. know Live um, it, it. and maybe have like a sanity meter um <laughs> just because um, actually can i can i make a suggestion because i do Absolutely. like the setup can we have like a combo meter so uh much like in devil may cry like the more creatively you dispatch Ooh, i love it 
so like the more creatively you dispatch gifts and you kind of chain gifts like packing away gifts together right. you could sc- get higher and higher scores and then that would increase the replayability i love that and and yeah. to be clear again like in, my, in the version i'm thinking of the grinch does not kill anyone it is oh, full no. stealth uh you are maybe at, at worst you you know subdue a child <laughs> by putting them in a headlock or something <laughs> Can we Let have it. the Grinch? Can we have the Grinch uh, have an ether rag and he just holds <laughs> ether rags over kids' faces? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what. Yeah, and you have to like you know keep like raiding their kitchens and medicine mm-hmm. cabinets to get more because all the Who's have ether. I mean, sign me up. Listen, they're not that happy for no reason. <laughs> like you know, yeah, um, yeah. So how about how about you? Uh, so I went a, a different direction. Um, I focus more on uh, like the iambic pentameter uh, and the fact that it's all oh. verse and music. Uh, and rhythm thought, game? Yeah, I thought it'd be cool to do like a Parappa the Rapper almost. Nice. And instead of Parappa, it'd be the Grinch. I love it. Um, and so you're doing like rhythm games. Part of it would be to like the rhythm of the, the verse, but part of it would be to maybe the music. Part of it would be to like what the Grinch is doing on the screen. But um, I thought that would be like a cool way to represent, you know, the story, but also the rhyming verse, also the musical element. Um, So that was kind of what I had. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, Would you want to live in this world? Well, it depends on it depends it really on the depends, floor. Really. It depends on the answers to some of our questions. Also, Here, my gut said yes, and part of that was an homage to my younger self, who absolutely wanted to live in this world. Yeah, I part of me wants to really say yes because I also would really love to know what spring and summer looks like in this world, um, because they do such a great job making the like winter landscape and the winter forest look so lush and colorful and beautiful. I bet it looks absolutely phenomenal in summertime and all like the flowers are yeah. blooming and things like that. Um, so I would want to be there for it. The Who's obviously would be great neighbors. Um, but here's the thing. Um, do, do they have a summer at all? And how long? I was thinking they don't. I was thinking they don't because in some continuities, like the Who's are very small. In Horton Hears a Who, we know they're very small. In some versions, they live on a snowflake. So I'm like... Maybe winter never ends. Also, what happens when the snowflake hits the earth? Oh. There's like a who doomsday. There's an implied. <laughs> You're right. If the who's live on a snowflake, there's like an implied ticking clock before it all. Okay. Well, literally then, crashing. How down. about the, the ga- video game is Majora's Mask? Ooh. But, but uh, instead of the moon, you see the ground rushing up at you. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so. When it comes to Kingdom Hearts Corner, I I think I had a stroke. <laughs> I can't think of a property that more like without any thought from me just seamlessly becomes a Kingdom Hearts level. So I think I feel like yours are going to be way better than mine. I feel like I I I don't know what I was doing. Um, maybe I'm overthinking it. So I I, I have like you know the area would just be Mount Crumpet or Whoville or something like that. Um, you know, Sora's got to help like Cindy Lou who find her presence. Maybe like the heartless are kind of brainwashing or controlling the Grinch. You need to like kill this like big heartless mini boss to get the Grinch to, you know, join you. And then he'll kind of fight alongside you. And then probably the actual boss boss of the world will be a member of organization 13, um, that the Grinch helps you fight. Um, and Max, the uh, Keyblade, I called it the Keybloozer Blade because I 
just don't don't know what I'm doing with myself. Uh, and you know, the the shaft is a is a reindeer antler. The keychain is a present or a sleigh, some sort of blade thing on it. Some you know some Susian nonsensical like you know absurdist drawing. Um, you sound as though uh, you're, we're pulling teeth to get these Kingdom Hearts uh, tidbits out of you. Have no, it, it's, have it's, some it's, passion. It's not. It's not that I. It's like I actually like when I wrote him. Like, all right, well, I gotta give the the Keyblade like a a Seussian, like a like a Seuss name, and I, and it was like at, right after I was done working, and I was like, I don't, I can't think straight, and so I'm just like, I wrote Key Bluzer Blade and never changed it. So, and so I was like, I gotta be able to do better than this. So I wasn't feeling too great about it. Um, the rest of it kind of just falls. I mean, I clearly put a little bit of thought into, you know, what, you know, Sora would be doing and all that kind of thing, you know, it, in terms of like how Nomura would screw this up. I, I don't know. I mean, this seems pretty easy to do in a kingdom hearts game. If anything, the way that Nomura screws it up is just by making it, incredibly dull and boring like he did like the monsters inc level yeah. which you would have thought would be impossible to screw up no he yeah they really fucked it up um i i like all that um mine wasn't really that different um mine would same thing it's like called mount crumpet or whoville or whatever or the snowflake that's fast approaching everyone's death um but uh i would actually have Sora and the gang transform into like grinches Oh, um, so they have like a Grinch form. That could be fun. Each one could have like a different color fur. Yeah. Um, and then my thought was they go into Whoville, but everyone is so scared of them and freaked out because no one likes the Grinch that they kind of kick them out. And they're like, hey, that's weird. I guess those people must be mean because I was always thinking, I'm like, how do we buy, you know, the Sora and the gang always need to like buy buy-in into whoever the protagonist of this world is. Mm-hmm. And so they wander up Mount Crumpet, they meet the Grinch, and the Grinch is like, do the Who's kick you out? And they're like, yeah, how'd you know? And he's like, yeah, they're dicks. Um, they do this like big party every year, and I'm so mad, and I'm going to steal it from them. And maybe in the game, Sora's in like a low point, and he's like, yeah, you know what? Like, why don't we teach them a lesson? We'll help you. We'll help you steal Christmas. And so the first part of the level is you actually helping the Grinch steal Christmas. Um, and then you realize what he's doing, and you're like, oh, wait, no, this is wrong. Um, and you can see that the Grinch is being infected by like evil or whatever. And maybe mm-hmm. he turns into a heartless. Obviously there's an organization 13 member in charge of this whole thing. As you know, we have a big battle with like a heartless with the organization 13 member on top of Mount Crumpet. Um, and then, you know, the Grinch saves the day, etc. Um, the keyblade, similar to you, the keychain was, uh, the light bulb, um, like from Cindy Lou who, um, the actual, like, you know, uh, like blade would have, or the shaft would have been Mount Crumpet. The blade would have been Max's reindeer horn. Um, and then the name, I couldn't think of a rhymey one, um, but I just kept thinking, um, calling the keyblade a little bit more. Okay. Like maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas just maybe means a little bit more. And so the keyblade. I like that. A little bit more. That's nice. So yeah, that was mine. I mean, it's it's like as it's everything's there like everything's there for a kingdom hearts level his heart literally grows in size he learns the power of friendship like it's you know nomura couldn't have an easier setup yeah yeah um so that was kingdom hearts corner let's get to fan fiction corner now 
Did you also have a difficult time finding fan fiction specifically of the 1966 cartoon version? Sure did. Not uh, I tried very not hard. The, uh, 2000, is 2000 or 2001? 2000. 2000, um, Jim Carrey. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many things I saw where he's married to Martha May. And although I will say, even though it's not from this version, there's some pretty, it's pretty entertaining to see how devoted people are to like the romantic drama surrounding the Grinch and Martha's relationship. There's like a very short, like one chapter story where it's just Martha telling the Grinch that she's pregnant and that she was afraid to tell him because she's scared. And then, but he ends up just like supporting her and telling her that he loves her. And that's the it that like, that's the end. Uh, and then there's like another like four chapter long story where Martha is like sick and Gr- the Grinch is taking care of her and he finds out she's sick because she's pregnant. And he's just like, this is such a blessing. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, there's there's actually like a lot of those. Yeah. Um. So I yeah, there's a lot of those. There's a lot with like anything involving Cindy Lou. I'm just like, stop it. Stop yeah, it. You just, just stop it. Yep. Um. So, yeah, so I found a lot of those. I will not mention them. Um, I did find, however, uh, well, okay, there's one that I'll read that's a little bit naughty, but only because it's the Grinch who's a little naughty. Mm. Um, So here's the thing. This is a story called Surprise, question mark. Um, And it's in a Grinch fan fiction, like, subgroup. But I started reading it, and it got until the middle of the story before there was a mention of the Grinch, um, the Grinch's world, the Grinch, anything. Hmm. Um, the first story, uh, well, the first chunk of the story, here we go. All right, I'll just, I'll jump in. I'll give you a, a sample. Sure. After he told me he loved me, I felt awful every night. It got so bad, I never slept anymore. I was constantly throwing up. Everything was sore. I could barely walk. I had a sneaking suspicion about what the cause was. But just in case, I decided to haul myself out of bed and go to the doctor. I walked down the street with great effort until I reached the office, sat down in the waiting room and waited for them for call me in. Hello, tell me why you're in today, the doctor said. Yada, yada, yada. I see, the doctor said. This may be a personal question and excuse me for that, but have you engaged in intercourse recently? Yes. Did he? Oh my God, he didn't. The Grinch forgot to put on a condom. And on and on it goes. And oh, really, this is, this is just a standard story about a girl being pregnant and wondering if her boyfriend will be supportive. Uh, and that's the story. It's just the boyfriend is the Grinch. <laughs> um, there's nothing whimsical about it. There's no who's. He doesn't talk about Christmas. And I, I read a couple parts of this. It's just the story of a girlfriend who get, a woman who gets unexpectedly pregnant, wonders if her partner will be there to support her. Turns out he is. The only caveat is he's the Grinch for some reason. I wish we could do a podcast where we track down the authors of some of these things and we just kind of interview them and see what, what were you, what were they thinking? You know, no, a, a place of you know, minimal to no judgment, but just kind of just like, you know, what, what was going through your mind? Like, what was the motivation for this story? Was it, was it like a, is it, was it like a, do you have like some like kind of erotic fantasy of like getting impregnated by the Grinch? And so the idea of him like forgetting to put a condom on is like sexually arousing to you. Yeah, I don't get it. I want to know, though. I'm fascinated by it. So I found 
what might be my favorite fan writing I think all of all time. I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident. Really, and I think I've. I think I've said that before on this podcast. But this is the new reigning champion. Can I delay it slightly? I think we should end with that. And I have two more brief things I wanted to mention that I'm sure are not nearly as interesting as what you're about to say. Please go on. Uh, so I did the obligatory Sonic the Hedgehog search, and I the closest I found was some guy made a version of, the, of a Christmas Carol with Sonic as Bob Cratchit and the Grinch as Scrooge. It was a full Grinch and Sonic the Hedgehog universe crossover with Mario and Luigi inexplicably appearing as charity workers. Um, okay. I barely read it. It was it was bad. Um, and there was another story. And this is another one of those things. I just want to like know what people are thinking. I mean, most of the time it's people are just probably like, like drunkenly writing a story and then just like, why am I doing this? And they stop. But there's a story called how the Grinch failed to steal Christmas. And it's narrated in the first person and it's one very short chapter very clearly was intended to be the first of multiple chapters but i think instead of you know like sometimes they'll do multiple chapters and you can see them kind of getting sick of their own project (laughs) this guy got sick of his own project while writing the first couple paragraphs oh Um, no you can tell and i mean so he's looking for someplace to take shelter while climbing mount crumpet and the grinch finds him, screams at him, get out of my cave and throws him down the mountain. And he ends up in Whoville. <laughs> and that's where it ends. There's no, there's no resolution. I mean, clearly it, it, he was going to go somewhere with it, but yeah. Anyway, let's hear this, you know, hopefully masterpiece. Well, okay. So very briefly before that, I just want you to know that when I Googled the Grinch fan fiction, um, it auto-completed to people also search for. Would you like to know what the one, two, three, four, five? Of course. This is this is the most searched for. Number one, the Grinch fan fiction pregnant. Number Why? two. Yes, that, that's number one. Number uh. one. Number two, the Grinch crossover fan fiction. That makes a little more sense. Would have thought that would be number one, but no. Number three. The Grinch X Cindy Lou. So my understanding is, you know, the character X character means that character fucks that character. Okay. The Grinch X Cindy Lou, uh, Wattpad, which is a fan fiction sharing site. Okay. Grinch X Cindy Lou Who Lemon, which I believe is another fan fiction sharing site. <sighs> um, and the most chilling is the last one. <laughs> this this really is the most. Chilling. Is it Max? No. Oh, the Grinch X reader, meaning you, the reader. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's not that bad. No, but if you ever want to read fan fiction where it's like, you know, weird choose your own adventure where you're having a sexual encounter with the Grinch, there's a lot of them. That's what I'll be doing right after this. There's a lot of them. Um, But what I found that I think is so both weird and also delightful and also like weirdly put me in the holiday mood okay also well well written um it is completed it's like it's a complete it is, start it to is finish a complete start to finish it is good uh, it is dr the grinch who stole christmas like the text of it but it instead the plot is about how the the grinch hates the beatles but how they convince him like not to and that the beatles are good can you and send this to me, please? I, I need to show this to. to yeah, well, but also, so here's what I love about it. It's it's like well-written and ridiculous and funny. And like what I truly, 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 truly hope 
is that this is like a Christmas tradition for whoever wrote this. Like mm-hmm. I, in my heart of hearts, truly hope that this person is a huge Beatles fan. Their family loves the Beatles. They love the Grinch. Like it would warm my heart if like as a yearly tradition, they read this silly parody Beatles Grinch crossover and like had a good laugh and like drank some eggnog by the fire. Like I can honestly see like a family that loves the Grinch and loves the Beatles, like legitimately reading this as part of their Christmas celebration every year. Um, and that's would, great. I, and, I love that someone created that then. Yeah. And see, that's what I hope in my heart of hearts. What would make me very sad and what I think is probably the reality is that this person wrote this thing. It's been sitting on this fan fiction archive for years, hasn't been touched or looked at since, um, and it's just faded into nothing. Um, but I will read uh, selections from Please. it because it's actually really good and really funny. Okay, so uh, I'll start kind of in the middle after the Beatles have showed up. Come on, George said, resting his hand on the Grinch. We'll show you a world that just make that just might make you flinch. A future that John and I conjured for fun, and it's Grinchless, or nearly so. Come on, let's run. In the blink of an eye, the three men journeyed forth and regrouped by a house tucked away in the north. The Grinch eyed the home with a look of inquiry, then smiled. This is where we filmed Bridget Jones's diary. Think again, George replied. You were never invited. Mike Lee wrote that screenplay, and now he's been knighted. Mike Lee, the Grinch scoffed. Oh no, how could that be? He's fine, but he's nowhere as clever as me. What's it matter, John asked, one script as good as the next, and his won an Oscar. Oh shit, you look vexed. An Oscar, goddamn him, the the Grinch grew quite jealous. So what, challenged George. Oh look, Julian Fellows. The Grinch eyed a man slinking by like a tabby. What's he ever done besides write Downton Abbey? He's made lots of films with Hugh Grant, answered John. He wrote Notting Hill and Oh Hell. What's that one? With the weddings and funerals? It was such a big hit. John shrugged. C'est la vie, the bloke's still just a git. Um, and it goes on like that. And it's wow. like, it's actually really funny and really good. <laughs> that, that is, uh, yeah, that take that would take me a lot of time to do. It like contains so many like English reference, like English pop culture references and like, like weird script writing, like the Grinch writes a screenplay and like, it's just very weird, but like delightful and actually funny and well-written. Um, it's just really good. And I suggest you read it. Um, and it's called, it's called how the Grinch stole the Beatles. Um, okay. and the person who wrote it, um, is cream tangerine. And that's all one, one word. All right. Cream tangerine. How well, the Grinch stole you, the Beatles. Cream tangerine. It has like, it has my, honestly, like my most heartfelt recommendation. <laughs> I hope people check it out. I know I plan yeah, to. Yeah, it's 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 it will take literally three minutes of your time, if not less, to read through, and it will put a smile on your face. That's all I want. Yeah. Um, uh, and that was the Grinch. I yeah. Think. What have uh, what's what have you been doing that's been putting a smile on your face? Hopefully. Oh boy, the holidays have been stressful as holidays are want to be, especially Christmas. Um, but uh, I have been plugging along, reading One Piece. I've been reading the One Piece manga on the Shonen Jump app. Again, not sponsored, but uh, I will throw a shout out to the Shonen Jump app. It is literally $1.99 a month. Um, it is uh, like pretty awesome. Every manga ever that they publish. Do you read and on a tablet or do you read on your phone? I do both. I do both. I wish they would sync, which is kind of annoying. They uh, don't. I, um, I don't have a tablet and like my phone, like I've been reading on my phone. I, I, I download the app for your recommendation. I've been reading things too. And I, it, the phone is just a little bit too small. Like I'm making do with it. 
but it's just it's pretty small it makes me want to just buy manga that i enjoy yeah so if i can suggest to you i have a fire tablet um like an amazon fire tablet Mm -hmm. they're incredibly cheap um but if all you're looking to do is like read like you know if you're looking for like a true multimedia tablet like you want an ipad you want something you know more expensive if you literally like i do just want something to like read books off your like kindle and or read manga like buy a fire tablet you can get them for like i think like 50 bucks like they usually sell christmas maybe i should that um yeah yeah back in the day when dc universe was still a thing i also read i had a subscription to that read all my dc comics on that it worked great for that um but yeah again the shonen jump app it's great i'm on one piece i'm around chapter 400 um out of a thousand um my hope is that by like january i will have finished all of one piece so that i can move on to boruto um but one piece is very good i uh i've been doing a hybrid of like after i finished a big story arc so like after i finished the alabasta arc um i went and watched uh all the fights that i wanted to see from the anime um same thing with skypea um because sitting through a thousand one piece episodes uh kind of makes me nauseated but reading through them is going much faster so i'm doing a good hybrid of like getting to see the fights i want in the anime but just reading the manga for most of the plot nice and what have you been up to uh, I started Persona 4. Um, it is filling that Persona 5-shaped hole in my life, kind of. You know what would also fill I know shapes? Shin Megami Tensei 3. Or 5. But yeah, I would, I would play three. 3 instead because yeah. everyone yeah. says that's a masterpiece. It um, is a masterpiece. Persona 4 is good. It is... It has... It's very similar to 5 it's making me kind of notice more of the flaws of that persona, the persona side of that series more. It's, it's a little bit more glaring. Um, but though th- there, there are some flaws that are more unique to four in comparison to five. Uh, I was warned that going backwards like this might was going to be somewhat difficult since I basically played the best one first. Um, and anyone who says that like four or three are overall better games than five, I just don't see that as possible from a gameplay perspective alone. Um, four has, I, I did the first like dungeon. It's so repetitive. It was painful. painful it's like um, four is like the TV worlds where you go into people's like dreams or minds. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. And like it was so painfully boring, the first like dungeon. I mean, everything outside of it was good. I really like the characters. I'm really engaged in the story. Uh, murder mystery type story. You know, I'm sure it's gonna get cuckoo bananas because it's a JRPG. Um, but I'm very much enjoying it so far. Um, the the story, the gameplay is a mixed bag. Um I won't get more into that. Uh what else have I been doing? Uh I thought it was like Oh, I've been, I'm back into watching One Piece um, as of yesterday after putting it down for like two months. Uh, although I had a little bit of an excuse. It was getting ready for a wedding and such. Um, I am. Who's just, wedding? Uh, mine. <laughs> yeah. Go on. My wife. Sorry, I had ah, to. Um, where's your wife? She's in the other room, I think. Um. So I am rewatching Jujutsu Kaisen because I'm always rewatching it. I'm always just, I, I always like, I try to like watch an episode or two every weekend. Um, if I can, um, I am reading at your recommendation. I'm reading Shonen Jump 
uh, manga on my phone. Um, I am re I've read a bunch of Jujutsu Kaisen already. And I've watched, I've read a couple issues of like one punch man, other, other anime that I've seen already. And just kind of thinking about like, just comparing them to the animes that I've seen. Um, obviously, you know, anime is animation. Uh, it's, it's, it's obviously an upgrade in many ways. Um, not always, um, but there are certain manga, there are certain anime I love that I've read a couple issues of the manga for, one of them being Haikyuu, um, the volleyball anime, which I really, really like. I do not think the manga works very well. The, the volleyball matches just lose all of their like excitement. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, and I do not plan to continue reading that. That's yeah, yeah, that's very interesting to me because um yeah, I I think I like reading manga better because you get to play the action out in your own head. Whereas the anime, it's all predetermined and frequently in anime, the action is so much slower than I would like. Um, whereas the manga, the like static images, you can kind of chain them together in your mind and like imagine them flowing together in just a much cleaner, faster way than mm-hmm. like anime typically does. So that's, it's interesting because it's just, neither of us is right or wrong. It's just like how we're looking at things, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, I, I agree with you in some ways. And, and I think that like, you know, for One Punch Man, um, I don't, I forget if you've seen One Punch Man, but like, I, I think I that not. it's, it's excellent. The anime is excellent. Uh, but sorry, season one is fantastic. Um, really, like, I don't think I have a single criticism about it. Um, season two, definitely there's a noticeable drop in quality. Um, I think in terms of it, the animation, for one. Um, and I think the story is a little bit of a weaker continuation of the story of the, of the first season. But the manga... I would have thought that given that like there's so many really well animated action sequences in the anime, the manga is really impressive, um, really well drawn and kind of, and I don't know if it's because I've seen the anime, but like I can fill in some of those gaps um, and just also kind of use my imagination also in a way that I think might differ from how it ends up being animated. That said, I highly recommend that you check out at least season one. It is not an anime that I think you, it's like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't not check it out because maybe you won't want to watch the whole show. I don't even know if it's coming back for a third season. It doesn't matter. Season one is not a conclusion to the story, but it's a good enough ending where I think you will be satisfied. Even if you just watch season one, you'll be glad you did it. Um, I I think it's only like 10 to 12 episodes or something. And that's kind of like um, Attack on Titan kind of pulled the same thing. Attack on Titan yeah. season one was very, very good. Season two, they got a new director, like new team. Um, it got two, really political in, in season two. It got very political and like the story was a lot weaker. Season three, part one, pretty weak. But then like Attack on Titan is now, well, it did pick up back up again. I need to jump back into it. But the last I saw was like the episodes leading up to the final season and they're, they finally kind of got going again. So yeah, and I watched the knows- first half of, Attack on Titan, the final season. And I think the second half like the, of the final season, meaning like the final stretch of episodes starts in early January. So I'm very oh, okay. excited for that. Um, um, I, I thought it had ended, so that's good. Nope. I will I will postpone my watching even longer then because I want to just, I want to get it all when it's finally out and done. And I guess along these same lines, uh, one more thing I'll mention is that I have started watching Demon Slayer the next season, um, which I've enjoyed also. 
Yeah, so I watched the first two episodes of both Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen, and uh, I don't know why, but neither of them really touched me. Um, but I, I may go back to them. I don't know why, but Demon Slayer was slightly more affecting to me. So, but I've heard nothing but good things about both of them. Yeah. I believe all the good things. I just, pilots are hard. Like the first couple episodes of any show is hard because they just have to do so much. So season, or so Jujutsu Kaisen episode one is really not, it's like episode one and two combined are like the full, like story of what i would say like this should be the first episode it's it's, it's like weird. a pilot it's, it, it's so yeah like the first episode of jujitsu kaisen jujitsu kaisen feels incomplete in a way that some other first pilot episodes don't um it doesn't set the stage enough or at least it doesn't even like fully introduce you to the characters you need to know um i would give that show a more of a chance if i were you demon slayer i think if you aren't on board and by like episode five, maybe it's not for you. Um, it was a show that I was like, I watched episode one. I was like, this is neat. The animation is very beautiful. The story seems pretty cool, but like there wasn't, I just needed a little bit more to get myself going. And I think maybe it was around like after, during or after um, Tanjiro's training, when that's kind of done, like his initial training, to become a demon slayer is once that's done, I think it really takes off and you get some really nice character development. And you also meet like the two supporting characters, like his two friends. And one of them is like one of my favorite anime characters in recent memory. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that kind of mirrors attack on Titan again, where it's like, I don't think that show actually gets really compelling until after you get done with basic training. Yeah. Though I would say that one weakness of, Attack on Titan, at least to me, is as as good as the show is. I just don't think of any of their of any of the Attack on Titan characters as like this character will live in my memory forever because they're oh, so they're like Levi is like, like the you only don't like one. That, you don't like that one with the glasses. Yeah, I don't know any. I don't know anyone's name besides like Levi. Zoe Hanj. Hanj Zoe. I, there's the, a girl who likes potatoes. Um, there's a yeah. guy who has a shaved head. That's about. Yeah. Both, both Jujutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer, especially Jujutsu Kaisen, creates very memorable, very cool characters that I think I, I really think you should give both the shot. Um, I'll advocate more for Jujutsu Kaisen just because it's probably it's probably my top three favorite anime already. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, what are we doing uh, uh, next week? Well, actually, what we're doing next week is taking a break. It's it's we kind are. of a break, but it's not really because we're going to re- release this episode probably Christmas Eve or something. And then we'll wait a, like a little over a week and then start releasing episodes. Maybe the first Monday of January. Yeah. And um, again, look for our One Piece anime retrospective. We're covering episodes <laughs> one through a thousand. Um, and we'll be doing that uh, in January. So yeah. That being said, um, thanks for tuning in to our little holiday special here. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, if you uh, to reiterate, if you have not seen The Grinch, the 1966, uh, 1966 version, what are you doing? What are, what you, are you doing, doing with yourself? You know, you know, put down the ether rag, hang up the phone. Um, I don't know who you're talking to on that much ether, and just watch the Grinch for God's sake. Do it's, it. It's like it's like a dollar ninety nine on Amazon. What are you barbarians? Go watch the Grinch.